This is episode 61 of the Life and Mission podcast. I'm Kay Helm, and today my guest is Jody Grubbs, host of the Our Island in the City podcast. And Jody was just a real joy to talk to. We talked about slow living. And man, doesn't that sound good? Being able to relax just wherever you're at, just to kind of slow down and find, as she says, your island in the city, wherever you're at. How do you do that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about in just a minute. But before we get to the interview, I want to thank Katie Horner for sponsoring the podcast for this month of April. She's got a virtual business retreat going on, and I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about that right now, and then we'll be back with my interview with Jody Grubbs. Are you stuck in your office spinning your wheels? Is it time for you to get away from your business so you can focus on the business? Maybe a retreat. I'm Katie Horner of the For Your Success podcast, and though my husband and I started out in full-time ministry, living well below the poverty line, Our six-figure business now gives us ministry opportunities that far outweigh the ones we had in full-time ministry. Join me and my husband, Tap, on April 30th at the Get Out of the Boat Christian Business Virtual Retreat to recharge your batteries and let us show you how fun it can be to walk out your faith in your business with joy and confidence. Because doing the business that God created you to do can be your best worship. The Get Out of the Boat Christian Business Retreat is April 30th from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., and you can attend from anywhere online. We can't wait to see you there. You can get all the info and register for your ticket right now at getoutoftheboat.com. Well, hi, Jody. Welcome to the Life and Mission Podcast. Hi, Kay. How are you today? I am very well, thank you. We were just laughing about how our homes and our offices are situated between um, firehouse on one side and train tracks on the other. We have the same situation going on. We sure do. That was so funny to find out. Yeah. Yeah, Podcaster problems. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Jody, you are the host of the Our Island in the City podcast, and you are a gatherer of people and stories. You are a former island girl, which is where the name of the podcast comes from. But I know we want to kind of see how all that fits together. Can you tell us a little about yourself? Sure. Thank you, Kay. So I'm Jody, and I live outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. I live in a small restored bungalow with my husband and teen daughter, and we downsized a few years ago. We just wanted to keep doing this simpler, slower lifestyle, and that was our next step. But I was an island girl for 16 years on the island of Bonaire, which is in the Southern Caribbean, the West Indies, about 80 miles north of Venezuela. And so I always like asking people, where's the quiet place that you find you can settle down if it's at home or near your coffee shop or a park? And so I thought, yeah, that that'd be a great title, Our Island in the City, just trying to bring that island vibe to our busy lives. And my husband's actually the one that sort of came up with that hashtag. And then I turned it into my podcast title. I love it. Yeah. So you can create an an island basically anywhere you're at. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. That is always my my question and my challenge for everybody because we all can. We, We can talk about that a little bit more. Oh, yes. Yes, we will definitely do that. A lot of times we'll find 
on podcasts that it's about productivity, getting things done and all the hustle, right? And all the things we can do in our business and in our life and that we're accomplishing so much and all this pressure. But really, there's a need to slow down. There's a need for a place for rest, for restoration. And so when I heard you use the phrase slow living, I had to find out more about what that was. Well, slow living can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. But I think, especially after we've gone through this whole year of Mm -hmm. the pandemic, you know, I think a lot of us are more open to saying, okay, what what does that mean personally for me? And so uh, for me, slow living is a lot about just making time for stillness and uh, being present. So when we when we practice those two things, we have to slow down, whether it's present with a project we're working on, or with our child, or a partner, uh, or a neighbor, really anywhere. When you pause, reflect, sort of open hands for what's next. And I, I don't want to use the word anti-hustle, but that's kind of the idea, is this, this unhurried pace of life. It just gives an opportunity for us to um, really live well. So it's not this idea of sitting on the couch and, you know, taking a nap, eating bonbons. That's kind of an old, old theory. (laughs) So now it's just how do I live my best life? And usually it means slowing down so that you can do your next, your next thing well. Mm -hmm. I know my brain works better when I have at least time. In the slow, you know, there's a time for, there's a time, I think the Bible says that, there's a time for hustle and a time for slow and <laughs> something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. The time to dance and a time to mourn. Yeah. yeah. All of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a time, I think gathering is in there too. And that's another part of what you do. You said you, you gather people and stories. Absolutely. Uh, for me. So I, I grew up on this island and I was a missionary kid, a third culture kid, and my parents were big into hospitality. So we were always having people over. And so it was just a great chance for me to see a little bit about slow living and gathering since I was a little girl. So Mm. I just feel like everyone has such an amazing life story, but until we slow down and listen and just sit, those things aren't going to come up. So I love encouraging people to have just one-on-one interaction, whether it's at a coffee shop or maybe on a Zoom call, you know, a virtual. But I think if we take time to slow down and, and gather with somebody, we'll be amazed at their stories. And we have a lot more in common than we think. Yes, absolutely believe that. We talk about finding your voice and telling your story. And so when you are doing that gathering, when you're listening to someone's story, sharing stories, what are the most important elements of that to you? So I think the most important thing is um, listening. And it's taken me a while to really understand that. I'm going to put a little plug in for Adam S. McHugh. He has a book called The Listening Life. And it really just encompasses this idea that when we slow down and listen, we're actually just honoring the person in front of us. And 
um, I think that's when these stories start coming out because the person feels relaxed. Mm -hmm. They feel like they can say, oh, this reminds me. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's probably one one of the top things. Well, that's one of the things I think that comes across uh, in your podcast. And it's very conversational. You have folks on and you pick up on that. Oh, thanks. I I know people have a lot to say, and it's amazing when you just give someone space what comes out. So This is true. Yeah. 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 And in this past year where we've all been so separated, distanced, whatever you want to call it, isolated, all of these, the, the feelings that come with that, we need that connection. And we're having to be creative about new ways to create that connection. Right. Well, some of us are a little bit more open to maybe, it depends on where you live. Like mm-hmm. if you can, if you, some churches are open, some, you know, coffee shops. So I'm realizing when I talk with friends all over the country and the world, everyone's in a different place. My husband yeah. has coworkers in Ireland now, and they're completely shut down. But then we have other friends, say in Florida, who are able to to go out right now. So I think wherever you're at, making the the effort and initiating is a big thing. I learned that when I was little is just don't be afraid to initiate because usually I would say 80% of the time you'll get a positive interaction with someone. They really do want someone to listen. They want, you know, every one of us wants to be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we make time for somebody else, that starts happening. And then it's just kind of a ripple effect. So I would say, you know, to people, don't be afraid to initiate something. Yeah, that's true. Around Christmas, I was having a good hair day and decided to videotape some, just some, hey, I love you. I appreciate you messages and send them out to some people. And the result was people called me, people texted, people sent me. There was just this response of, I want to have a conversation. It was just this connection. I think uh, delight is probably the word that I heard most or, or the feeling that I got, that the reaction from that. I'm just trying something a little out of the box. It wasn't hard, you know, pick up the phone and point it and say what what's on your mind. And it's more of a connection than if I had just sent a text or call, even called. I mean, the calling actually is more intimate because it's two-way, but the video really helped to initiate a call that jumped immediately into a really great conversation. I'm so glad you did that. What a great idea. So you were you were bringing others delight, but in turn, it probably made you so happy that you could do this, right? It did. It did. Yeah. It just sparked, like I said, it sparked a, a response. There was a response from most of the people that got these videos. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I bet. It was just a neat, really neat experience and something I probably need. It's been three months since I did that. I probably need to do it again, you know. <laughs> my my word for the year, Kay, is delight. So when you said mm-hmm. that just now, I thought, oh yeah, delight comes in so many different forms. But I think it's a word we just have to keep pulling into 2021 with us to 
to make it through some continued dark times right now. And that's why we need each other. That's why we need community. Well, and, and it's kind of like, you know, you said pulling it in and creating it right there where we're at, even in the situation. It's kind of like what you've done with our island in the city. So you're in a city. So what you said, Raleigh. So my first, when I found out that's where you were, I thought there's no islands there. <laughs> but you right. Right. We we bought our little bungalow and we feel like this is kind of our little sanctuary. And so um, it's been fun to just talk to people over the months. And it's been almost three years now and just find out why are we so drawn to having, you know, an island in the city? And I think mm-hmm. it's just this respite from the noise, the busyness of the world. It might not be as evident today because life seems quieter all in so many of our cities. But one thing I I try to pull in is just the quietness and nature that I experienced on the island. So it was very small, small island, I think 24 miles long by by 15 across. And wow, yeah. It was just this um, beautiful nature area from snorkeling to bike rides and cactus. And so I feel like if we can pull in something that has to do with island living, then it helps. And community was a really big thing there, actually. Everybody knew each other. One funny story is if, you know, the roads are small. And so if you're behind somebody in your car and they get out to talk to someone, if there's not a good way to go around them, then you just need to sit for a few minutes and let them have their conversation. <laughs> we don't do that in Raleigh. We yeah. have a ticket. But um, that's just a funny story. But really, in, in even in whether you live on a farm or you live in a big city, I think we can find pockets where we live whether it's a park nearby, I encourage people just, you know, call someone and see if they'll go have coffee with you. You know, sometimes you have to sit outside or other times you can go on upstairs, but those are just little ways. So, yeah. Can I ask you, yeah. Kay, where is your island in the city? Oh, wow. I'm looking forward to getting back to my island in the city. I've had foot surgery in January, so it's been as we're recording this we're in the middle of march and i'm just learning to walk again but when i'm comfortable walking on uneven surfaces i am going to go to colonial williamsburg and walk down duke of gloucester street and that's my i just relax when i'm down there oh So that's the colonial, you know, it's a a colonial street used to be the colonial capital. And, you know, it's just a really nice environment there. That is so nice. Yeah. It's been years and years since we've visited, but it's, it's beautiful. I can see how you would feel that there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of water around too. And so sometimes I just go Mm -hmm. park my car in one of the little, little, pull-offs and sit and look at the water yeah do that even in the winter and you can't even get out here. it's just just right. To sit. right well and some people who don't have water nearby or a park nearby you know what I encourage people to do is you can also mentally go there where's your mm-hmm. island in the city so for instance if you have a special memory 
from when you were in college, a trip you took somewhere and you, you came across this beautiful waterfall, go back there in your mind. Let that be your island in the city. And I've had to do that maybe at a dentist appointment or something like that where I've just tried to relax myself or I've had a really busy week and I just need to sit in my sunroom and say, okay, let's go there. So mine is this yellow raft that was anchored out in the ocean on the island. And oh, neat. so we can always find our island in the city. That's great. I really like that idea. It reminds me of, I listened to your podcast episode where you had a friend read your children's book that you wrote about the island. And it was, it was really great because you described the water and, and the reflections of the sun on the sea glass and different things. And just, you could picture it happening and it was, it was relaxing. It was, it was a really cool story. Thank you. I Yeah, there was a cove of sea glass mm-hmm. that it's not there anymore, but I would play there and you could literally just uh, kind of take your hands and scoop up, break up glass and stones. So it was very crackly sounding and it was gorgeous. So yeah, that's another one of my island in the city <laughs> places I can escape to. <laughs> oh yeah, love it. So yeah. yeah, so think about that. Where where is your where is your island place? That's good. I love the idea of recreating that in our minds. And I was thinking something I do as a writer sometimes yeah. if I can't think of what to write about, it's something I do to get over writer's block. And not trying to slide into productivity mode here, but you can do this to relax too. Is just think about a scene. And describe it in detail. Oh, that's What's beautiful. the water like? Yeah. What's it like when it comes over the rocks? What sound does it make? How does that make you feel? That All of that. You just interview yourself. You know? <laughs> that's a great exercise, Kay, because that is completely slowing down, mm-hmm. letting your heart and your mind and your soul just pause for a little yeah. bit. So pausing and reflecting. Yeah, it's so important. It really is. It's it's life-giving to to slow down like that. But how do we resist making slowing down another item on our to-do list? Oh, that's a good question, Kay. And I know that's come up in conversations that I've had with people. So I think going from doing to being is a really good way to think of that transition in our minds mm-hmm. and probably not writing down on your to-do list, slow down, right? <laughs> but just when you have something done, take a break. It's, it sounds crazy, but I think most of us don't take enough breaks. And so you and I talked about this before we recorded, You know, even if we have a big project, if we get some rest or even just put it away and get up earlier the next day or put it away and maybe we have a burst of thought at night and we can keep going, it's amazing how things come together. And so I think that our mind needs more rest than we realize. But going back to just um, your question of not having it be on our to-do list, I think um, you've heard of rhythms. People just adopt rhythms of slow living that help. So for me, sitting down often during the day for five or 10 minutes, and I don't set my phone, I don't say eight minutes, but yeah. <laughs> little little rhythms. So for instance, in our bungalow, we don't have a dishwasher. 
we are the dishwashers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even just taking that time and it is productivity, but warm water, soapy water over my hands, looking out my window, I have a, a window at my kitchen sink and just slowing down to do that and not multitasking. So not say, okay, I'm gonna have something in the microwave. I'm gonna have my coffee going. I'm gonna be listening to a podcast. Like maybe just one thing at a time helps you be uh-huh. present. So I think just being present to whatever you're you're doing, whether it's a task or whether it's on a break, will just really help you through the rest of your day. It's the small things that make huge differences for us. It really is. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about taking a break when you're you know, about just putting that into a rhythm. I have a rhythm of I'll finish something, I'll get up and I'll go grab. I like to snack on little chocolate chips. Oh. Go grab a few chocolate chips. <laughs> it's just, but you can do that with go look out the window. Yeah. I have a little patio outside of my sunroom here, and two or three times a day on, on pretty days, I'll just go out there and sit in my wrought iron rocker just mm-hmm. for five or 10 minutes. I'll just listen to the birds. Another thing I, I do often is. I'll try and pause. So if I'm working on something on my laptop, now I have nine windows here in my sunroom, so it is a little different, but I'll notice a bird just flitting around. And, you know, something in us wants to say, nope, I got to keep working, but I've pushed through that and just paused and watched. And I have had so much delight. And I think a lot of that started not just when we bought the bungalow three years ago, but I'd have to say during quarantine, that really started for me because things just came alive because it was quieter. So I've tried to pull that in into my every day. And if I notice a squirrel or a bird, I'll just stop what I'm doing. And that's that's when my break is, even though it's not on my to-do list. <laughs> yeah, you know, it really helped me. I started last year with my desk facing the wall trying to get more floor space in my room and everything's kind of in a small space here. But I just was really struggling with getting things done and feeling tired and just a lot. And I turned my desk so that I can see out the window while I work. Okay. And it made all the difference. It changed everything. Just being able to lift my head up and focus my eyes instead of on the computer to just focus further out at the trees. It's not, I don't have a particularly lovely view, but there are some trees back there and there's a little bluebird that sits on the corner of my neighbor's roof and I'm on the second floor. So I can see this little bluebird sometimes a nice little surprise out there. It's beautiful. It's, it brings beauty into the day. Right. That sounds delightful, but it's also neat that you, you took the time to see it. Mm-hmm. We That's what we have to do. We have to. Yeah. Just Oh, I said had to. to. That makes it a to-do thing, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Such a habit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Jody, where can we find you? Oh, well, I spend a lot of time over on Instagram. Okay. I love interacting with people there. So I'm at Jody, J-O-D-I dot Grubbs. That's G-R-U-B-B-S. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd love for 
any of your listeners to join me there. And then my podcast, which is our Island in the City podcast, and I'm on most platforms. So you could just type that in, especially on Apple. Mm-hmm. And check her out. The, the podcast is really great conversations. And I've enjoyed your, your wonderful at interviewing people. And it's very conversational. And just it's, I won't say slow, because that sounds that doesn't that's not the right. <laughs> it's not the right message. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's uh, more relaxing than a lot of the things that are out there. It's, it's a it's good for your soul. I was, that's what that's what it is. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Because the whole idea of the podcast is just it's conversations mm-hmm. surrounding the idea that ordinary soul care and deep community come through a shift to slower living. So mm, I'm so it. glad that's what you get from it. Okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> See, you nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. I enjoyed the time with you so much. Thank you for asking me, Kay. That's it for this week on the Life and Mission podcast. And next time, two weeks from now, I'll be interviewing Jennifer Harshman about imposter syndrome. So you don't want to miss that. Hey, if you really enjoy this podcast, one way you can help is to share it with just one other person. If you can think of one person who would really enjoy today's show, would you share it? There's usually a little share symbol up there in your podcast app. Just hit that thing and send it on ahead. I would really appreciate it. And your friend will too. This is Kay Helm for a Life and Mission podcast. Find your voice, tell your story, change the world. It's Kay here. There's one big truth about fundraising that people do not tell you when you start out. And that is, if you struggle to tell stories, you will struggle to raise funds. But what kinds of stories do you tell? How do you tell them? Where do you find them? How do you put them together? And how do you do all that while you're running your ministry, while you're doing all the work and all the things that you have to do? It does not have to be overwhelming. This is my good news. And also, I want you to hear this. Fundraising is not just about asking for money. Raising funds for your mission does not have to feel icky. Fundraising is really about relationships. It's about sharing stories with friends. And it's about being very clear about what it takes to accomplish great things together. I created the Mission Writers course to help you tell better stories, to know what stories to tell, when to tell them, how to tell them, where to find your stories. So go over to missionwriters.org. That's missionwriters, like you're writing. Missionwriters.org has all the details on the course and on the group coaching program. So you have two options. And if you love a missionary or a nonprofit leader who needs this course, gift certificates are available. So check it out at missionwriters.org and let's make 2024 your best year ever.